Welcome back, y'all, to episode 170-something of the Zachary Wingate Podcast, where we go 365 days bringing you a podcast every single day. Nothing is off the table. The intention of this podcast is to master the short-form podcast as well as informing as well as entertaining. So sit back, relax, and listen, and enjoy the show. Within this podcast, I will be describing someone who is close to Putin. Some call him Putin's foot soldier. He's met with Hillary Swank. He's held court with Mike Tyson, flew in Floyd Mayweather, has interacted with a lot of USC fighters. We are talking about Ramzan Kadyrov. He is the president of Chechnya and has been the president for 15 years. Within this episode, we will go into the history of Chechnya, the history of Islam within Russia, who is Ramzan Kadyrov, what is his relationship with Putin, how is it affecting the war in Ukraine, and how has America influenced this quote-unquote strongman. Let's get into it. Okay, first and foremost, it's really important to get the context within these situations. So whenever we kind of talk about different contributing factors, I think it's really important to get a lay of the land for Chechnya and the Dagestan culture. So whenever we look at the influence of Islam within the stands, Asia, and these parts of the country, we always have to understand that Muhammad was a merchant and as a result of the Silk Road and trade that's how Islam spread throughout these different countries and how something from Saudi Arabia could potentially get to um, Dagestan. So in order to the context, so Muhammad died in 1610 and Islam would be brought to the, the first region of Dagestan, which borders Georgia in about 922 A.D., Now, what's so interesting about Dagestan is it is a highly diverse region with over 30 different ethnic groups, 81 nationalities, um, with the largest being Ava, Russia, Dargan, Kumin, and Lizan. If we ever think about Khabibi, the UFC fighter, he is from Dagestan. So whenever we think about Chechnyan and Dagestan culture, um, you know, there's a great emphasis on manly sports, the strongman, if you will. Um, you know, a lot of grappling sports, a lot of wrestling, boxing, etc. And with this is kind of where we see the love for um, fighters and the love for action stars for Ramzan Kadyrov. Um, he has flown in a lot of different UFC fighters, a lot of boxers, and we can get in that a little bit more. So whenever we look at the culture, you know, you know, they do stuff like crazy, like an example of how intense the culture is is Khabibi has this weird training ritual he created where he wrestles and plays basketball at the same time. And they don't dribble the ball. So how you play is you run up and down the court, and if you're tackled by someone and throw down to the ground, then you have to give the ball to the other court. Well, that is just kind of showing the manly sport aspect and the wrestling and, and how fighting contributes to within this culture. So Whenever we look at Chechnya, we know there was a bloody, bloody war in the 90s against the Putin, against the Russian regime in Chechnya for Chechen independence. So much so that one night within Moscow, there, you know, there was potential. One night in Moscow, what happened is Chechens took over a movie theater and they wanted to have the independence of Chechnya. Now, this kind of shows you how Putin worked then. So what happened is they didn't they held the movie theater for one evening 
And what, what, what Putin had them do is pump some type of gas into the movie theater. And as a result of this gas, it killed everybody in the movie theater. Okay. And what happened is they tried to bring the people out and resuscitate them. But, you know, Putin and the KGB or whoever, I forget the um, in, intelligence organization currently in Russia, but they were like, we don't want to tell you because they don't want to tell you our secrets and how you resuscitate these people. So they had a very cutthroat mentality on Chechnya. It was a bloody war and insurgency, you know, and it spired on for a really long time. Which brings us to Ramzan Kadyrov. So Ramzan Kadyrov has been president of Chechnya for 15 years. He actually fought against Russia in the 90s until Putin named his father president of Russia. His father would actually be assassinated um, in 2004. And it's really important also understand there's about 20 million um, Muslims who are practiced within Russia. So a pretty big percent of the population. So 2004 happens and we see a situation where Ramzan Kadyrov becomes president of, of um, Chechnya. He's president there. He's currently president now. And within this, a lot of human rights violations have occurred. He hates the West constantly talks bad about it and we see a transfer where Ramzan who who was with the insurgent force who's still in Chechnya who does not want to be a part of Russia okay and they want their independence from Russia rule you know they want to be an autonomous region and Putin's not having it you know and I think too a lot of it is strategically where it's located with the with it touching the Caspian Sea as well as Jordan you know, it's it's in a it's in a very interesting spot um, from a geological standpoint, and we know that Russia does not want to give up land. Um, so we kind of have this war that goes on. Then we have Kadyrov who ended up being president, and his presidency is really interesting in Chechnya. You have a man who's coming in and being kind of the strong man for Putin. So Chechnya gave. Vladimir Putin, a lot of headaches, a lot of conflict, a lot of war. And by putting Kadyrov in there, Kadyrov has created this strongman mentality where he does not allow any aspects of an insurgency to take place, which is really, really important um, for kind of this Russian media machine propaganda, etc. Because what you can do in this situation now is because Kadyrov fought against Putin and it's really important to understand this because how strong the Russia propaganda machine is. It's not like anything we've you know seen within the United States. They, they're pumping this strongman jargon into people's minds and they start to believe it. And we've talked about it before as a Eurasia kind of identity, neo-Eurasia identity. And this, this gentleman, um, Kadyrov, fits right into it because he fought against Putin and then in the insurgency, and then he flipped, and now he supports Putin, and he backs Putin, and he calls himself Putin's foot soldier. So we've talked about Putin's chef, we've talked about Putin's brain, and now we're talking about Putin's foot soldier. So taking that into context, so whenever you turn on the TV, you see a former Chechnyan fighter who is now the president of Chechnya. This creates messages, information, and kind of creates a narrative within it. So why is this narrative important? Well, it's important because it indicates a unified Russia. And whenever you want to build a unified Russia, it creates a strong part of the identity of Russia. Oh, these people used to be our enemies. Now they're our comrades. You kind of get that. And, you know, the thing about Kadyrov is it's so funny how, 
you know, you go anywhere in the the world sometimes I feel like, and I've, I haven't been everywhere, but I've been to a few places and their love of our, I think sometimes United States biggest influence in what Joseph Nye would call soft power is media, movies, music, sports. You know, it's like when we look at this guy, Rush, when we look at Kataroff, he quote unquote hate the West, has strong anti-LGBTQB um, thoughts and you know, he has human li- human rights violations, you know, and you look at him and he is obsessed with this, this, these, these strongman movies, you know, if you look at the people who've been to, who've interacted with them, you have Floyd Mayweather, Mike Tyson, you have Justin Gaethje, you have Kareem, um, you have, God, what is his name? You have Hillary, Hillary Swank, you have Jean-Claude Van Damme, you have Steven Seagal, like those kind of show you the image he's trying to present through what he's absorbing. And all these people have either flown there, flown there. Hillary Swank actually went to his 35th birthday along with um, Jean-Claude Van Damme. He's 47 now. So that just shows you he was born in 1976. So you kind of get these images of who he is by the media he consumes from the West. So he swears off the West, but at the same time, he loves all Western things. And West, you know, and he invites people. He flies them out. He flew Floyd Mayweather on a jet. Well, after this, um, the Department of Treasury and other organizations have come out and said they can't do any business or nobody can interact with Kataroff moving forward. So that's kind of ended. And... It's just really interesting how you have that. I mean, a couple of years ago, you had Justin Gaethje shooting guns with Russian special forces. And I think sometimes what we don't realize in this country is how important or maybe we do how important, you know, putting out that that quote unquote soft power in influencing other countries. I mean, Steven Seagal has been and interacted with this guy. I mean, if that isn't the the, the most it's funny, you know, because we kind of see these these different people interacting and what it means. So so now we get into the conflict currently going on with within Ukraine. Now we look at how the Chechnyans are being used. So there's there's articles indicating that maybe you know that that Katarov last year around this time sent thousands and quote thousands of Chechnyans to fight in the Ukrainian war. Um and the Ukrainian and and the thing about Chechnyans is they have a reputation about being these quote unquote like strong, really tactical fighters. But what's really interesting is the fighters that are going to Ukraine now are young. They're not like those fighters of the 90s who are fighting Russian forces. Maybe some of the tactics have been passed down, but not as necessarily super battle ready. I mean, these forces that are going there are more for managing um, demonstrations, political events. You know, these these military forces are really made to create the peace within Chechnya if there's ever insurgencies or situations going on. Not like this tactical war fighters who can come in and do strategy and do everything they need to do. So whenever you get that, you get these narratives happening on Russian TV showing the Chechnyan forces. And Kadyrov is using it to kind of indicate that, hey, we only have maybe 1.5 million people in um, in Kazakhstan. Why do I keep doing that? In Chechnya. 
So within Chechnya, we have about 1.5 million people, 400,000 women, 300,000 are old, children, and we're able to send thousands of fighters. You know, what is your excuse as a Russian not to go to Ukraine? So we're trying to pump this narrative into back into the Russian media outlets to be like, yo, if they are Chechnyans fighting on behalf of Russians, why are Russians not going to Ukraine to fight? So it's kind of this dual sword that they're using. And this goes back to why Putin put Katarov in power so he could he could use him as a as a narrative chip. So whenever they kind of need to pull all 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 narratives forward, all propaganda forward, it ties one more aspect into that piece. So, you know, kind of fitting into other conversations we've had about Alex Duggar, Dugan, Alex Dugan and kind of this neo neo-Eurasian identity and how these countries play a part in it and how Chechnya is now playing a part in it. And now here's where it gets really, really interesting. So you have that on the front end. Now in the back end, in the real, real, real Chechnyans, there's a lot of Chechnyans who don't want to be a part of Russia. In fact, they've been in Ukraine fighting since 2014. So you have these Chechnyans on the side of Ukraine fighting. I couldn't find any data, any numbers, but their stories, their social media stories being presented where you have Chechnyans fighting Chechnyans in some situations. I can't determine where, like I can't like specifically find the numbers, but when I'm doing research, it indicates that there's been videos of it happening. So now you have them trying to push this Chechnyan narrative and you have Chechnyans fighting on both sides to kind of indicate they they are not support of Russia in any way. And I, you know, those could potentially be the older Chechnyans. So whenever we look at the argument as a whole, it, it provides another layer of the conflict, but also understanding more of this Russian mentality. You know, the strongman mentality is really, really strong within Russia. I don't mean to be redundant there, I promise. And I, I once had a presentation from a Russian analyst who who provided a lot of insight in Russia. And what he said is like, whenever you have lawyers, okay. So in the middle of the day, what happens is, you know, lawyers, which is a white collar job, will stop working in the middle of the day. And, you know, in the United States, they might put up a sign that says went to lunch, but within there, they might have a sign that says, you know, be back chopping wood for the winter to kind of show this masculine aspect. So we get it a lot within Russia, within Dagestan, a constant need of showing the strongman narrative. And within it, we're kind of seeing how the West influences through moving and fighting. And also, you know, how we have this Katarov being kind of a pawn for Putin's strategic claim of, of how he can get Chechnya involved in and also kind of rule the narrative of potentially 20 million Muslims. Well, all right, y'all, that's kind of my story for today. Thank you for listening, or I should say my podcast today, and we'll get back to you tomorrow.